Welcome to the podcast where we answer the question, that's healthy? This is your host, Hope Brandt. Social media has really done a doozy on our perception of health and wellness, and I want to help set the record straight. Quick fixes and fad diets? Unachievable beauty standards? Extreme fitness challenges that leave you more broken than when you started? I'll pass. Taking ownership of your choices, treating your body and mind with respect, filling your life with things and people that lift you up instead of tear you down. Yeah, that's healthy. And that's exactly what you'll find here. Let's start the show. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to cover a topic that is always... I think pretty much in the forefront of everyone's minds. (laughs) Um, Protein is something that I think almost everyone in the nutrition space is talking about now, and I love it. Protein's so important, but whenever I do question boxes on Instagram, questions about protein um, are always frequent. It's probably the macronutrient that I get asked about the most. So I wanted to do a little protein FAQ episode. So we're going to go through the most frequently asked questions I get about protein, and I'll give you my thoughts and what the research says about those questions. So let's go ahead and just kick it off with our first question. Does collagen count? (laughs) I get this question without fail, every time I talk about protein. So I think the heart of this question is, does collagen count toward your overall protein intake? Does it help you reach your protein target? The answer is yes. Spoiler alert, yes, it does. Um, But let's talk about collagen a little bit. So Collagen is a type of protein that is commonly found in animal skin and ligaments. So any like slow cooked chunk of meat, bone broth, these are great sources of collagen. Collagen also comes in capsules and powders, which I think is probably how the majority of people are getting it these days. If you're purposefully trying to add collagen to your diet, powder and capsules have become very popular over the past, you know, five to 10 years. But your body naturally produces collagen. Production does decrease as you age. But one of the most important factors in supporting continued collagen production within your body is just getting enough protein in general. So you don't have to specifically take a collagen supplement to help your body make more collagen. It's not like the collagen that you get via supplementation just comes in and stays as collagen, right? Protein doesn't act that way in our body. Protein is made up of different amino acids. Those amino acids are the building blocks of protein, but they're broken down into individual amino acids when they get into our body because they all have different jobs and go different places. So when you're getting protein from collagen, it doesn't like just stay as the collagen, like it's not a collagen protein. It is broken down into amino acids that your body uses. So collagen is higher in different amino acids that help with specific things in our body. But if you're getting those amino acids from 
protein just in general, that can still help your body produce collagen on its own. So eating a higher protein diet is just one way to make sure that your body has enough amino acids to support collagen production. Vitamin C also plays a crucial role in vitamin in collagen production because it's necessary for collagen synthesis or creation. So bell peppers, tomatoes, citrus, leafy greens, and cruciferous vegetables like broccoli and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts are great sources of vitamin C to include in your diet to look at helping your body continue to produce collagen as well. So again, this just speaks to the importance of a well-rounded diet that includes enough protein and enough produce to help your body do all the things that it's meant to do naturally. Okay, so back to the specific question of collagen. Does it quote-unquote count towards your protein target? So yes, even though collagen powder um, and the collagen protein is not a complete protein unless you're getting it with that like meat-based source. So like if you're getting the collagen that comes with eating a pot roast, then yes, it's in the context of being a complete protein there because you're getting the missing amino acids through the meat that you're eating. But if you're just taking the powder, that is not considered a complete protein. It's incomplete because it's low in leucine, which is one of the essential amino acids that's required to categorize a protein as being complete. There are nine essential amino acids. And all of those amino acids have to be present at a high enough capacity for that protein to be considered complete. So things, you know, like meat, dairy, those are inherent complete proteins. Also soy, tofu, those are complete proteins. Collagen powder is not. It's missing one of those essential amino acids. But it still counts towards your overall intake. Just like getting, you know, protein from peanut butter or any other nut or seed or beans or rice, those things all count towards your overall intake. So even if it's an incomplete protein source, it can still add up and help you hit your protein target overall. Okay, so that is collagen. Let's move on to the next question. How much protein should I eat? Okay, (laughs) this is probably the most frequently asked question that I get. And it depends on lots of things. However, I always recommend this kind of basic range for intake. So how you're going to figure this out. If you have your phone with you, you know, bring up the little calculator on it. So if you know your body weight in pounds, take your body weight in pounds And that's the top end of your protein target. So if you weigh 160 pounds, that's the top end of your range right there. One gram of protein per pound of body weight. So then to find the lower end of the range, just take your weight in pounds, multiply that number by 0.7. So again, if we're using 160, I'll do it on the calculator. 160 times 0.7. So that would give 112. So your ideal protein range would be 112 grams up to 160 grams per day. That 
0.7 number, that lower end is going to be what I would consider to be your minimum intake. You really want to make sure you're hitting that number. That one gram per pound of body weight, that's going to be your top end. You don't need to get more protein than that. It's not needed for essential functions. You don't experience higher muscle synthesis, you know, after that point. So that really is the top range that's going to give us the most benefit of protein intake. Okay, so within that range, though, there are some considerations to look at. Typically, when you're one of my clients, I do give you a more targeted range. That's about like a 10 gram range for you to aim for um, because we can get a little more precise with your goals and what is doable and achievable for you. You know, if we're looking at this 160 pound person, that range of 112 grams to 160 grams per day, that's a really wide range. So if I have more information and we know more about you, then we can set a range that's a little bit more precise within that overall range. So in setting a protein target for yourself, if you, you know, obviously you know all about your goals and what is doable for you and, you know, how much protein you're going to be able to get. Here's what you need to consider. First of all is what's doable. If aiming for that one gram per pound of body weight is not doable, don't aim for that. (laughs) It's hard to get over 100 grams of protein. It's difficult. So it's going to take concerted effort wherever you fall in that range. And if you're just starting to focus on this, maybe start on the lower end because it takes planning and consideration and effort to get that much protein. And it's hard to do that if you're trying to stay within a specific calorie range as well. That's, you know, another consideration with looking at your goals. What does your protein ratio of your diet need to be? Actually, I'm going to cover this when we go on to a different question. So I'll just leave it at that. But the next consideration when you're thinking about where to set your protein target is body composition and body weight, where you are in this process of do you have body composition considerations? Are you looking to improve your body composition, aka are you looking to maintain your muscle and lose fat mass. How much fat mass is there to lose? If you are pretty far away from kind of an ideal leanness state, then it's probably going to be harder and harder and harder to hit that one gram per pound of body weight target. We really want to look more at lean mass. So like the leaner you get, the closer you would be to aiming for that one gram per pound of body weight. But the more fat mass you have to lose, the more unrealistic it becomes to aim for that one gram per pound of body weight. I'll give you a personal example to show what I mean here. So when I was starting tracking again after my pregnancy, I was like 195 pounds. If I was aiming for that one gram per pound of body weight, (laughs) that would have me aiming for almost 200 grams of protein a day. I know for a fact that would be unachievable for me to do on a consistent basis. So I did not even try to go there because 
first of all, it wouldn't even be doable. And second of all, it's not necessary. It is not needed for me to be getting enough protein to see the results that I want to see. So I went down to much closer to the point seven range, which gave me the target of around 135 grams of protein. So I was really aiming for a target of like 135 to 150 grams of protein per day. That was much more doable for me to hit. And I knew that it was still giving me the benefits of what I needed it to do to help me improve my body composition. So those are some things to consider when you're asking the question, how much protein should I eat? First of all, just look at that recommended range. And then, you know, if you're just starting out and you don't know what's doable, you know, start at a moderate point and you can always work up from there. I think the biggest thing is you want it to be doable first. That is the number one priority starting out because if it's not doable, what is the point, right? How can something be optimal if it's not doable for you. We have to get to the point of achievability first (laughs) before we can increase that threshold of effort that something would take. Something is not optimal if it's not achievable for you. Optimal is relative to where you are on this scale. So first, for our goal to be optimal, it has to be achievable. Uh, So pick an achievable goal, an achievable protein target for you. And then as you get better and better at incorporating more protein in your diet, maybe look at increasing it. Or that might not even be necessary as you continue to lose fat mass. Having that same protein target could probably get you higher up in the target range that we're looking for. So what might have been your body weight times 0.7, as you lose fat mass, it might be your body weight times 0.8 or 0.85. And that's a fantastic protein range for you to be aiming for. So again, it's not a fixed target. It can absolutely change as you change, both physically and in efficiency and being able to incorporate protein in your diet. Okay, moving on to the next question. How can I eat more protein? Okay, so let's just look at this really practically. The first and probably easiest way to increase protein in your diet is just Increase the portion size of lean protein foods that you're already eating. So if you have dinner and you typically have three ounces of chicken, let's bump that up to five or six ounces of chicken. If you have breakfast and you typically scramble yourself two eggs, add a few splashes of egg whites to that and let's just boost the lean protein that you're getting at that meal. Add a couple ounces more deli meat on your sandwich at lunch, right? This isn't rocket science. It's literally just increasing what you're already doing. Um, So that would be the first way to do it. Secondly, you do need to prioritize protein at every meal, at every snack throughout your day. If you are trying to increase your protein intake and you're aiming for a target that is, you know, typically higher than you're used to eating. Um, So you have to start with breakfast, looking at building your meals around a protein source, and then adding carbohydrate and fat sources that can be higher in protein as well, right? A piece of bread is not a protein source. But if you choose a whole wheat bread that has, you know, four or five grams of protein per piece of bread, 
then that adds up, right? If you have a sandwich at lunch with that bread, that's 10 extra grams of protein that you were able to incorporate just by being a little more choosy with the bread, right? Instead of choosing a white bread, you just chose a higher protein whole wheat bread. And that helped bring 10 more grams of protein to your diet. Same thing with choosing fat sources. If you're looking to add a fat at lunch, maybe instead of mayonnaise, you add a slice of cheese to your sandwich, right? You're getting the same macronutrient or you're, you're adding fat, but this cheese has a little more protein than the mayonnaise would. So look at your nutrition throughout the day as a puzzle and look at ways that you can continue to build protein intake outside of just the main protein source. Your carbohydrates and your fats, if you are strategic with them, they can help boost your overall protein intake tremendously. Okay, prioritize high-protein snacks. To me, this is one of the easiest and best ways to increase protein in your diet because, first of all, you get to add something to your diet and think about how you want to incorporate it. And I think this is also a way to make protein intake more enjoyable. So, guys, it's okay to include protein bars, to include protein shakes, to make a protein smoothie. Eating more protein doesn't have to feel like a chore, and it shouldn't feel like a chore, or else you're not going to do it consistently, right? How often do we do things that we hate? How often do we do things that make us think, oh, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to eat this. Then you're probably not going to eat it consistently. Find ways to incorporate protein that you look forward to eating, that you want to eat. It's okay to find a protein bar that you love and look forward to eating that as your snack. That's great. Because that's going to help you stay consistent with eating more protein. It doesn't matter. I hate when people say protein bars are just candy bars with protein. It's like, okay, and what's bad about that? (laughs) I love that for me, that I get to eat a candy bar that has protein in it. That's amazing. Okay, don't shit on protein bars. I have a sweet tooth. I love eating sweet things. I love that like chewy texture that a protein bar can give. Like, no shame in that. Eating those protein bars brings me 20 extra grams of protein that I probably wouldn't be getting throughout the day unless I had that option because sometimes you want to eat a candy bar, okay? So having that be a blood sugar-friendly, high-protein option, I don't see a downside to that. Anyway, that's my little soapbox on protein bars. And the point of that just being find a way that you enjoy to incorporate protein. If that looks like making a smoothie in the morning with protein powder and the fruit that you love and the flavors that you love, I'm like don't don't feel bad about that. I'm I'm always a fan of, you know, nutrition from quote unquote real food first. So, we've already talked about increasing the portion size of lean meats or lean protein options that you're already eating. That's a great whole food source of protein. But it can still be difficult to hit your protein target if A, you're not used to eating that much or B, you don't want to eat that much meat or it's hard for you to accomplish. Boosting your intake with protein supplements that you enjoy can just go a really long way in helping you hit your target. And I think hitting your protein target outweighs 
any of the, I don't even want to say detrimental effects, but any of the negatives that people bring up about including protein bars and protein shakes. Like, might they have a few more additives? Yeah, maybe. But I think the benefit of reaching your protein target on a consistent basis is going to outweigh including a few more additives in your diet, right? Unless it's something that's like truly affecting your digestion in a poor way. Again, I think there's no reason to feel bad about leaning on those supplements if it's helping you reach your protein target and you're getting your protein from a variety of sources, right? I'm not saying eat protein bars to get all of your protein. I'm saying eating a protein bar on a daily basis because they taste good and you enjoy it and it helps you get your protein is not a bad thing. Okay, so with this, that was kind of looking more at an omnivorous diet. So how can I eat more protein if I'm vegetarian or if I'm vegan? Okay, so first let's look at vegetarian. Non-fat or low-fat dairy, I think, is a great source. So looking at, you know, low-fat cottage cheese, um, non-fat yogurt, skim milk, those are great sources of protein. And again, are those whole food sources that help bring other necessary vitamins and minerals to your diet as well. Eggs and egg whites. That is going to be a fantastic protein source for vegetarians to lean on. Moving into more of the vegan side where we're including zero animal products, soy-based products, tofu, tempeh. And then also, again, going back to looking at increasing your protein from carb and fat sources. Um, super important, especially if you're vegan, to look at a variety of protein in your diet and supplementation will absolutely be needed for vitamins, things like B vitamins, but also probably to help you hit your protein target with creating the macronutrient ratio that's going to help improve body composition. That's the lens that I'm approaching it from. You need more lean protein sources in your diet. And it's very limited when you're not eating meat. This goes for vegetarians as well. So I think finding supplements that fit your dietary restrictions and you enjoy are going to be very helpful in helping you hit your protein target and also create the macronutrient distribution that you're looking for. When it comes to protein, I keep wanting to talk about protein ratios. I'm going to make myself stop and wait <laughs> until the last question. Okay, we're almost there. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about this next question. Does protein matter more on lifting days than rest days? It's hard getting it in on all seven days. Okay, I totally feel that, but to burst your bubble, it is important every day. It's not more important on lifting days versus rest days. Your body needs protein every single day. So like I was kind of talking about when we were talking about collagen, talking about how protein is broken down in your body, your body can store carbohydrates and it can store fat that can be used as carbohydrates and fat. That's how your body stores them. They are, carbohydrates are stored as glycogen in your liver and your muscles. When your body taps into those stores, they get re-released as glucose the same way they come in. So your body can use stored carbohydrates just as it would use carbohydrates that you just ate. Same for fat. Fat is stored as triglycerides 
in your body. So it's broken down into fatty acids and can be used for energy that way. So fat and carbohydrates are stored as such in your body. Protein is broken down into amino acids and distributed all throughout your body. So you don't have amino acids that are just stored the same way that you took them in, right? And then once your needs are met for that day for amino acids, then excess is either burned as energy or it's stored as fat if it's contributing to intake above your maintenance calorie needs. So we don't have stores of amino acids just sitting in our body ready to be used as amino acids. They're either burned or they're stored as fat. So we have to replenish amino acids every single day. We have to keep getting protein every day. However, if you're working within the range that I recommend for protein, that 0.7 to 1 grams per pound of body weight, then even on days where you are lifting or on days where it feels hard to reach the one gram per pound of body weight target, you don't have to aim there. You can aim lower, right? And going back to that point, your protein target should be doable for you. So if you're finding that your protein target is you're falling under that every single day, then it's probably it might not be the best target for you to aim for. You can adjust your target if you're still somewhere within that 0.7 to 1 gram per pound range and still get the benefits of eating the protein that your body needs. So if you're finding it difficult to hit a higher amount of protein, play with your numbers, play with your range, see what it would look like to hit 0.7 grams of protein per pound of your body weight. And then, you know, know that if you're looking at at that as your minimum on days where it's hard to hit that higher protein intake, maybe make that your target and give yourself a little more wiggle room in your diet for fat and carbs that day. That can absolutely help in helping you just maintain consistency over time. Your target should be doable. Okay, next question. Is going over your protein target, quote unquote, bad? Okay, no, not bad. (laughs) It's hard for me to think of a scenario where this would be detrimental unless your protein intake is so high that it's displacing other nutrients. Like you're getting so much protein in your diet that you are too full and you're not eating other foods. You're not getting five servings of produce. You're not hitting that 25 to 35 grams of fiber threshold that most people need. You're not getting enough essential fats in your diet because you're leaning so hard on lean proteins. So that would be where one of the only ways that I could see it being detrimental is that it's displacing other foods in your diet. But no, going over your protein target is not quote unquote bad. And even though you're not going to experience increased muscle synthesis, if you're eating over one gram of protein per pound of body weight. You're not going to not still get benefits (laughs) of eating protein. Protein does other things in our body than just build muscle or maintain muscle. Protein is also the most satiating macronutrient and eating a high protein diet 
can help improve dietary adherence. So if you are eating more protein, you're feeling full and it helps you adhere to, you know, if you're in a caloric deficit looking for body recomposition change or weight loss, it can help you adhere to that deficit because you're feeling more satiated, more full because you're eating higher protein. So those effects don't top out, you know, like muscle synthesis does. Typically, the more protein that you eat, the more satiated and full you're going to be feeling throughout the day. This is why eating high protein, besides just being good for you and helping you maintain muscle mass and age well, is a smart dietary strategy when you're trying to lose fat and be in a caloric deficit because protein is the most satiating macronutrient. So eating more of it helps you feel full longer, helps you adhere to the dietary goals that you have. Okay, now finally, we're reaching the last question, which is what is the quote unquote best source of protein? Okay, multiple things to consider here. The big one that I want to talk about is protein ratio. I've been apparently dying to talk about this all episode. So here we are finally. The protein ratio of a food, we're talking about how many calories are derived from protein versus the other macronutrients. So when you're looking for a protein source to add to your diet, you're looking for a protein source that has a high protein ratio. These are foods that are majority protein. Almost all of the calories from that food are coming from protein. This is where lean meats, low-fat dairy, and soy protein products and protein supplements come into play. Most of these foods have a very high protein ratio. They're quality, lean proteins, meaning, again, the majority of their calories are derived from protein, not from fat or from carbohydrates. So I think something that a lot of people don't consider or don't know to consider when they're looking at adding protein to their diet is they just think about adding more meat or adding more dairy without looking at the protein ratio of that food. So if you're picking something like 80-20 ground beef to add, quote unquote, more protein to your diet, yeah, it would add some more protein, but actually it's adding more fat to your diet than it is protein. If you're looking at a full-fat yogurt, yeah, it would add some protein, but it's adding more fats and carbohydrates to your diet. So when you're looking at increasing your protein intake, what you want to do is look at adding sources that are bringing mostly protein to your diet and not vastly increasing your caloric intake overall. You want these protein foods to displace some of the fats and carbs that you're getting from your diet. If you are trying to experience body composition change, and you're trying to increase the protein ratio of your diet. That is something that I don't think is talked about enough or explained enough in a way that people understand. It's not just about increasing protein. It's about increasing the ratio of protein that makes up your diet. You want to increase the percentage of calories that protein is made up of in your diet, right? So you're looking at 100% of your diet. For a lot of people, it looks like 60% is carbohydrates, 30% is fat, 
and 10% is protein. That is not a great protein ratio. More percentage of your diet needs to be made up of protein to experience the benefits of eating high protein and to experience positive body composition change. So what we would do then is look at reducing carbohydrates and fats and increasing protein, but keeping that top the same, right? We want to keep 100%. We don't want to increase our intake to where we're getting 150% of our needs, right? That would cause weight gain, which maybe that is your goal. Then looking at adding those more calorically dense options would be a great option for you. But if that's not what you're looking for, you want to, again, choose those lean protein sources that are going to help increase the percentage of your diet that's coming from protein and reduce the percentage of your diet that is coming from carbohydrates and fats. Okay, so when we're determining what is the quote-unquote best source of protein, look at your goals and determine if lean proteins are the most strategically appropriate option for what you're trying to do. If you're trying to increase protein intake and not gain excess weight, then including those lean protein options is probably what's going to be the quote-unquote best choice for achieving that goal. Secondly, it has to fit within your dietary preferences, right? If you're vegan, the best source for you is not chicken, okay? Chicken is a fantastic source of protein, and if there's any way that you could include animal products to help you increase protein, I would recommend that. But if that's not something that's going to work for you and your dietary preference, if you're vegetarian, then it's my job to help you increase protein in a way that's going to work for you. That's going to be the best option for you. There are ways to do it. It just takes some more strategy and probably some willingness to be very repetitive in your sources and to find supplements that can help you hit that target. Lastly, again, when we're looking at picking a protein supplement, a protein shake, protein powder, a protein bar, you want to look at that protein ratio. So when you're choosing a protein bar, this drives me insane as like a recipe developer that people label things as high protein when it's literally like 10 grams of protein and 300 calories. Like that's not high protein. That's fats and carbs with some protein, right? So when you're looking for a protein bar, a protein shake, a protein supplement, read the label. Look at the amount of grams of protein to the amount of calories in that overall product. Protein is four calories per gram. So if you have a product that is 20 grams protein, 20 times four is 80, right? Okay, so it was just pure protein. It would be 80 calories for that 20 grams protein. So use that as your baseline of looking at how many calories from that food is coming from other macronutrients, right? So our protein supplements, like our protein powders, are probably going to be the quote-unquote leanest option when we're looking at supplements. There's not a lot of additives that have to be thrown in for a protein powder. So typically, some of the best protein powders on the market are at least, you know, 20 to 25 grams, and they're around 100 calories. That's pretty good, right? If there are 100 calories and 80 of them, 80 of the calories are coming from protein, that's an 80-20 
protein ratio, 80% protein to 20% other stuff, fats or carbohydrates. When we get into shakes, typically it's a little bit more. There's something that has to be added to it to make it drinkable, right? (laughs) So typically we don't get as good of a ratio, but they're still pretty close to that point. I'm thinking of like the Fairlife shakes. Those are like the pinnacle in my mind. Very, very high protein ratio, great product. So again, look for something that has mostly protein. Calories are coming from mostly protein, and then only a small percentage of the calories are coming from fats and carbohydrates. And then for protein bars, honestly, the quote unquote leanest option I found for a bar is like 20 grams, 21 or 22 grams of protein per 200 calories. That's not super fantastic for a protein ratio, but that is the highest amount of protein for the lowest amount of calories that I have been able to find on the market. So Quest Bars, Bear Bells, Pure Protein, those are three that come to mind that I found all around that protein ratio. So right, that's looking at maybe 50% or tiny bit more coming from protein and the other close to 50% of calories coming from fat and carbs. So they're really kind of more like energy bars than protein bars. But you do want to look for a protein bar that's at least getting you that 15 to 20 grams of protein per 200 calories. That's kind of my cutoff point for choosing a protein bar. So, okay, that is everything that I wanted to talk about in this episode. I hope that it was valuable to you. Um, and please, if you found this episode helpful, send it to someone who would also find it helpful or leave a review. I could not thank you enough if you rated the show or left a review. That would absolutely make my day. And that's what really helps the show grow and gain exposure. So I would appreciate that more than I could tell you. Okay, thank you for being with me and hearing all about protein. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. But wait, (laughs) before you go, I'd love it if you'd share this episode with a friend who needs it. And to make sure we stay connected, find me on social media at hopewell underscore health. Or for more information about my nutrition coaching services, check out my website, hopewellhealth.online. And always remember, you are smart, capable, and talented. You have what it takes. I'm just here to educate and encourage you along the way. Catch you next time.